Good morning, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Roadmap to Heaven. It's Roadmap Roundup Friday, and we are actually on the road live today, broadcasting from beautiful Kimswick, Missouri. Let's begin our morning in prayer, as we always do. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It is good to be with you on the road today. We do have a roadmap roundup. It wouldn't be a roundup without Dan Vonderhaar hey, seated hey. to my right. And Dan, today we're finally at a round table for it, our round table. It's taken like a year and a half, and finally. All, all things through Christ, right? That's right. You know, he provides. And then also with us today is uh, Deacon Brian Selzer, Deacon of the Archdiocese of St. Louis at St. Joseph and Imperial, which isn't too far away, just across the highway. One mile. All yep. right. And we want to thank the folks at the uh, Blue Owl for opening their doors to us this morning. Why are we on the road, you may ask? Well, I'll tell you we are getting ready to do a lot of live broadcasting in the month of january we're so excited that we're going to be at the focus seek conference here in downtown st louis that we wanted to practice i mean all things you need to practice it's it's not good to go in never having done something before um, and and expecting it to go right 100 percent of the time so today is a trial run and we needed someplace quiet to go and here we are so it's good to be with you we're going to be talking about getting comfortable with the uncomfortable today. We're going to be talking about discernment today. We're going to be talking about charity today, all of this and more. But first, let's go to Mike Roberts for a check of today's weather. Today is the feast day of St. Callistus, who was a martyr. Born in the second century, Callistus was a slave in an imperial Roman household, and his master was a Christian. As a young man, he was placed in charge of the alms and collected those from other Christians. But he lost the money. In fear, he fled but was caught and sent to prison. However, Callistus did not serve his entire sentence and instead was released in the hope he'd be able to track down some of that missing money. But he was very aggressive in his effort to retrieve that money and got into a fight in a synagogue, was again arrested and this time sent to do hard labor in the mines of Sardinia. The work there nearly killed him, but he had sympathizers among the Christians, and one of those was Marcia, who had been a mistress of the emperor. Through her intercession, Callistus was released and made superintendent of the Christian burial ground in Rome, the first land owned by the church and to this day called the Cemetery of St. Callistus. Even the Romans, who despised the Christians, admired their care for strangers and the dead. Callistus developed great trust among those in the young church and was eventually elected pope. However, the runner-up, Hippolytus, was bitter in defeat and let himself be elected anti-pope. For 20 years, Hippolytus was separated from the church until at the end of his life he reconciled and became a saint himself. Callistus, meanwhile, received great criticism for his generosity to sinners and for those who had temporarily denied their faith during times of persecution and especially for his willingness to allow them to receive the Eucharist. He was killed around the year 222 during a local uprising against Christians. 
He is the first pope after Peter to be martyred. St. Callistus, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. We are back for this special roadmap. Roadmap to Heaven on the Road, and Dan Vonderhaar was just remarking that with these headsets on, we you, you're ready to call a football game I am, tonight. You know, I, I guess it's Friday night lights. This would be Friday, Friday morning, morning lights. lights. Yeah, we're you know, ready to go. The sun is coming up. Well, that gets us into our first topic, Dan. We're talking about new things um, and getting outside of our comfort zone. And I don't know about you, but as I've grown older, evangelization has really meant saying, Lord, where are you going to send me next? Because the idea I had when I was going into college of where I was going to be at age 40, which is what I'm looking at in a few short months here, this is not anywhere near where I thought that would be. Um, but Lord, where are you going to send me? And sometimes the, the question is, you want to send what? You want me to do what? And we got to get used to that right now. Yeah, no question. I, you know, I think that um, for a lot of uh, Catholics, evangelization is an intimidating topic. Yeah. Just, just to sit down and talk about it, uh, there's this first thought that, you know, how am I worthy? Right? How am I, you know, I, I, I don't know enough, or, or what, what, whatever the trepidation is, it's there, and it's a matter of getting comfortable with being uncomfortable it reminds me of um we probably all have kids who at some point didn't get the playing time that we thought they deserved on the soccer team right or on the football team and you know that you can't really talk to the coach this is something your kids got to do and you have that conversation with your child hey you know if you want more playing time you know, you're going to have to go to the coach and talk about it, and you're going to have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And evangelization is, is a lot like that. Um, I describe it as sometimes it just takes two seconds of courage. You know, and the truth is you don't get to Carnegie Hall, you know, after your first performance. Uh, so it's not going to be perfect the first time. You're, you're chuckling over it. You've probably made some of the same mistakes I, I, I have, I'm Deacon. thinking about all the things, all the times I said something that, oh, that didn't seem like it was a good thing to say later. Yeah. <laughs> so. Amen. I, I've done, Unfortunately, I've done... my evangelization probably pushed some people away sometimes, and that's never a good well, thing. So, so, Deacon, let's ask yeah. about that. I mean, when you were yeah. a young, a youngin, as yeah, they probably youngin. say out yeah. here in, in, in Kimswick, <laughs> yeah. um, did you have any thought that God was going to call you to the permanent diaconate? No. I didn't even know what a deacon was until uh, probably 19. It, we moved to Kemswick. Um, we were married in, in St. Joe's Parish. We moved back in 1990. And I, at that time, didn't know what a deacon was. Honest, to, I'm a credo Catholic, and none of the parishes that we were in had deacons. So we want, I wasn't that up on uh, what was going on since Vatican II, I'll admit. So probably 1996, some woman at church said, why don't you consider becoming a deacon? I'm like, what's a deacon? You know, so, so no, I'm not, uh, I'm not that experienced as, as, as some people might think. But it was a wonderful journey um, in the formation to become comfortable with, you know, I always loved the Lord. 
and I love the church and I love the liturgy. And my mom and father, I'm the 11th of 12 kids, uh, modeled a great uh, compassion for other people. My mom, when I was a junior in high school, came home in 1976 from a party with nine Vietnamese uh, boat people from Vietnam who lived with us for a year. Um, and so we, my mother and father demonstrated a charity that was made an impact on all of my siblings and I. So, so right from the get-go, I mean, from your childhood, God's saying, Selzer family, you're going to do this to minister to my people. And you're like, all right, we got nine people living with us. That's the way it's going to be for a year. Great. Yeah, it was a wonderful blessing. And, and we're still friends with the Vietnamese uh, who came over. They're all still alive, I think, except for the oldest, two. Uh, but they're wonderful people. So, well, How great is it that that woman had that courage, right? She took that opportunity, you know, and, and sometimes it's out of curiosity, too. I mean, these are just conversations. This is dialogue. Yeah. And um, it's God that's doing the work here. We're simply instruments. Yeah. yeah. Right? Well, I, I like to get into the practical here on Roadmap to Heaven, as you all know. And so what does that mean, getting, getting used to being uncomfortable? Well, sometimes it means trying new things. I'm a musician. Sometimes it means that piece of music that I never thought I'd be able to play going out and saying, I'm going to devote the time to practicing this because it is going to be difficult. And I know going into it, it's going to be difficult, but it's good training. It's good discipline. Other times it's like the 5Ks I've been doing this year. I have yet to do a 5K that I'm like, wow, I really loved doing this 5K. 5Ks are amazing. But after every one of them, um, I'm like, I'm really glad I did this because it's pushing me beyond my norms. And in prayer for me, I don't know about for you two gentlemen, but for me, it's fasting. You know, when, when there's something going on in life and I'm like, Lord, I have no idea why you're calling me to this, what you're calling me to. That's like, you know, Mike Roberts was talking about red flag day with the weather because it's so dry out. That's like red flag day in my prayer life. Adam, you're going on to something new. I'm calling you to something big before you make a single decision about this. Prayer and fasting, non-negotiable. Get there first, and then we're going to talk about decisions for where you're going with your life. Amen. Couldn't agree more. What do you think, Deacon? I think it's a plan of life. Um, we're so often caught up in a routine, so stepping away from our routine and doing, trusting that the Lord's going to, give us the words or give us the opportunity to share what his love that we know he has for each of us with others. What a blessing. And being prepared for that is a, a, a noble thing to engage in in every aspect that we can think of. You know, the fasting piece you mentioned, Adam, is a lot like you know, practicing the evangelization, right? You, you sort of have to practice fasting, too. You don't just become a great faster the first time that you take it on. Yeah, I was a pretty good slower the first time. <laughs> you know, no. um, we're going to talk about that, actually. Uh, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to talk a little bit about fasting and prayer and how we can use those in terms of making decisions. And I, I, I would say this, though. In our daily morning offering, we pray every day here on the show, and hopefully you're praying every day on your own. You're offering the day to God, and that means from the get-go you're saying, God, whatever you want to do today, it's yours. It's not mine. I have my idea of what would be nice, but you have to be ready to let go each and every morning, and that's why that morning offering is so important. Speaking of letting go, we're going to let go of you for just a few minutes here and take a break on Roadmap to Heaven. 
When we come back, we'll have more Roundup for you from beautiful Kinswick, Missouri. Prayer to St. Juan Diego of Guadalupe. O St. Juan Diego, in the appearances of Our Lady of Guadalupe, you, a humble peasant, were chosen as her messenger. Your faithfulness in this task is evident still today in the miraculous image the Virgin left upon your tilma. Intercede for me, I pray, that I might have your childlike trust in the Mother of God, and that my heart might respond to her maternal promptings. Through such simple confidence, obedience, and love, may I join you one day in sharing everlasting joy where our Heavenly Mother reigns in the glory of her Son. Amen. Well, we are back, and you're listening to Roadmap to Heaven on this Friday morning, October 14th. We're talking about discipline today. We're talking about uh, discernment. We're talking about getting comfortable with the uncomfortable, and that leads us back to prayer and fasting. And I remember when I applied for this job, actually, to be hosting Roadmap to Heaven, uh, you know, as I've shared with our listeners, I've shared with you that I used to be a parish music director, and it was a very difficult decision to leave that behind and to step into something new. And I remember that um, with this offer and, and then with it, pretty much every job offer I've ever had that's been a major one, I've always said, may I have some time to pray about this? And so Beth and I actually, we were scheduled to go on a retreat that weekend and said, I'd like to go on the retreat before I give an answer one way or another. And we dedicated ourselves that weekend. That was going to be a weekend of prayer, and that was going to be a weekend of fasting. You know, there was going to be no outside media. There was going to be, um, you know, the food thing was going to be not quite an Ash Wednesday, Good Friday fast, but, it was, you know, no snacking in between meals. Eat simply um, and go from there. And when we came out of that weekend with a decision about what this was going to mean for our family, what it's going to look like, what it's going to entail, we felt so solid in that because it wasn't just, oh, yeah, that could be nice. Uh, let, let's do that on a whim. And, Dan, you're kind of living that right now. Um, I am. How, how are you going through this process using prayer and fasting to make big life decisions? Yeah, so I, uh, I left a job that I had for almost 23 years about five months ago. And... Um, not certain exactly, you know, what was next. And, you know, it's been another learning process. What I can tell you is that the spiritual muscle that you develop from good spiritual habits is what's allowed me to do the discerning that I'm doing right now. And I would add to our conversation of prayer and fasting that service gives clarity as well. And so all of these things, prayer, fasting, service and then i would add paying attention to what's going on around you so quick story um i was supposed to be in haiti this week i was going to do a uh, medical mission down there i thought that you know that that would bring some discernment some clarity that was my idea well that mission got canceled due to some of the violence that's occurring down there and i was pretty disappointed but it allowed me to have an interview this week that I could not have done that went extremely well uh, allowed me to join you here on the roadmap have this discussion right and so through all of that you know I'm paying attention and all of it just adds clarity but it does start with the spiritual habit yeah now, now Deacon Brian 
I know for you, um, that that's one of those things that it, it's not that you woke up one day and said to Nancy, like, I think I want to be a deacon. I think God's calling me to be a deacon. So you got in your car, drove down to the chancery and said, Archbishop, I, God's calling me to be a deacon. And he said, okay, you're a deacon. That's not up. how it works at all. In fact, <laughs> in, in, in addition to your formation academically and theologically, mm-hmm. there's a whole period of preparation that not only you, but you and your wife have to go through right. to make sure that... God is actually calling you to this, and this is what you're supposed to say yes yeah. to. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, of course, God God respects our free will. It's a gift that he has given us. He will never, you know, force himself upon us. And I think that's a key to the spiritual life. When, when we know that and we offer, we can fast from so many things to grow in holiness. And we can take the smallest thing and ask God, take God... Father, take this as a leaven for the rest of my life. Make it a yeast that blossoms in my heart and my soul. So you can say, I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to, what, gossip. I'm not going to uh, have an extra bite of anything. Just one little thing. God can take that and grow that within us and turn it into something that is purposeful for him for our own peace of mind our own contentment so it was a tough thing for me to when i discerning um the diaconate is a long process so there you go through five years of formation and each year they're looking at you and you're looking at them and saying is this what god wants for me you know god doesn't need us i mean we starting with these basic principles is so important to have things in the right order. I had a priest, uh, one a very a good priest friend tell me one time, and I, I, this was after I was ordained, and he must have observed in me that I was feeling overwhelmed by baptisms or all the extra things that you put on in your life as a deacon. And he looked at me and he said, remember, Brian, we get to do this. We don't have to do it. And that's such a blessing for me to... Uh, ground myself daily. Yeah. You know, recently we were out in Arizona outside of Phoenix and we went to Tonopah where the sisters are. It's the uh, Our Lady of the Solitude Monastery. And I mean, literally out in the desert, we're on dusty dirt roads for 20, 30 minutes after we get off the side road. And the sisters, we we had the chance to visit with them. Mother let them come out of the cloister. And they were saying to us, you know, why are we here? Well, because God wants to be here in the desert. He wants his presence sacramentally in the Blessed Sacrament right here in the desert. And everything we do is dedicated to that. And that's a lot of sacrifice that they make to be out in the middle of the desert so that our Lord can be there. And, you know, I don't understand why. I don't even know that they understand why, but they understand that he does, that that's where he's called them, and so they've said, yes, that's where we're going to go. That's the question for you today. What are you willing to give up? What are you willing to fast from? Maybe today, maybe this week, maybe this month, so that you can keep praying, God, what are you calling me to do? It takes discipline. That's something we've been talking with Doug Barry about all week, so we're going to take a break here on the Roadmap Roundup. When we come back, I'll be joined by Doug Barry, and we will be talking about discipline. Stay tuned. Our Lady of Perpetual Help. Oh, what consolation, what sweetness, what confidence, 
What emotion fill my soul when I pronounce thy sacred name, or even only think of thee. I thank God for having given thee, for my good, so sweet, so powerful, so lovely a name. But I will not be content with merely pronouncing thy name. Let my love for thee prompt me ever to hail thee, mother of perpetual help. We're wrapping up a week with Doug Berry talking about how we can build disciplines in our lives. And I love, Doug, that this whole week could be applied to so many things. It could be applied to spiritual. We want to get into new prayer habits. It could be applied to physical. I want to get into better exercise routines. It could be involved in the home life. I want to parent better. I want to do my chores better. I mean, pick anything in life. Discipline is a key factor in all of it. I want to go back about a year ago when a friend of mine and I decided we were going to do St. Louis de Montfort's marrying consecration for the first time in either of our lives. We knew we needed to do it. We had never done it before, so we agreed we're going to do this together. We're going to text each other every day to check in and make sure that we're doing it, hold each other accountable, and the first week was fantastic. I loved writing those text messages. Oh, did you see this in the reading today? Oh, this happened in prayer today. It was great. It was fantastic getting those messages from him. About 15 days in, I'm like, all right, do I really need to write this guy a text message here? I mean, I'm going to do this, but wow, the the thrill, the excitement, it's kind of worn off. And yesterday you mentioned that sometimes we get stuck waiting for that angelic injection of grace and we can't sit around waiting for that. You know, yeah. some days it's going to feel good. Some days it's not, but we got to do it anyway. Many people, I think, Adam, have that attitude that I do these things because there is some form of consolation. I eat food because it tastes good. I listen to music because I like the beat or I like the sound. We look for the consolation. People don't eat food. They don't want to eat food that doesn't taste good. That's why there's certain foods I just won't eat. But what if the food is really healthy for you? What if it's really, really good for you? People still sometimes will have nothing to do with it, even though the food could be, in a way, poisoning their system because the chemicals and artificial this and that, and it is so bad, and that's all they're eating. They'll still eat it because it tastes good, always looking for the consolation. What's so important to understand is that our life is built in this world around the beautiful, joyful consolations that are absolutely there. The sun is up in the morning. I got up this morning. I went outside. I sat in my lawn chair out there and I just, I, you know, I prayed and I just looked around and saw the beauty, the sun, the trees, listened to the birds. I love those moments. They are all around us. We can find those every day. Those consolations are there. But when we take the steps to try to develop a better discipline and a habit and we, we run into the wall, we hit that wall where, ah, this is getting hard. I don't know if I like this, like you described it, the demand for consecration. We get to that point where we're thinking, ah, you know what? I don't know that it's worth it. Why? Because it doesn't feel good. Are you kidding me? If that's how we live our lives, we find ourselves always in a very, very bad place because we will never make tremendous progress that we could spiritually or naturally in anything in life. Anybody who runs a sports team, anybody who runs a business, anybody who's involved in anything of that nature knows those days when you are at your worst is when you find out what your best is. One of my favorite quotes, you're only at your best when you're at your worst. You were only at your best when you were at your worst. That's when you find out. And as we talked earlier, when it comes to, you know, famous sports teams, you know, you love those stories of the guys that are down, you know, they're down 27 points in the second half in the Super Bowl. talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think a couple of years ago, I think this happened with Tom Brady and they came back and won. No, who's was with the Patriots at the time. I think, I, maybe I should be talking about this in St. Louis. I don't know. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> you 
we love those stories, even if we don't appreciate the athletes all the time because we don't want to see them win again and again. There are amazing stories of how they fought through with injury. They fought through with the most difficult obstacles in front of them. And we appreciate that. Why would we not want it that the same for us in our own personal lives? When you're out there trying to build your discipline and your habit, understand when you hit those walls, when you don't feel like doing it, when there is no consolation at all, but you know that what you're doing is a good thing, that's when you find out what you're made of. That is when you find out how best you are. When everything is against the wall, when everything seems to be falling apart and you rise above and say, you know what, I'm rolling up my sleeves and I'm getting this done because it needs to be done. Consolation or not. When the Blessed Mother said, I want you to pray the rosary every day. She said that to the children in Fatima. She didn't say only if it feels good. Yeah, but Blessed Mother, I don't feel good. I don't, that's not what I said. Pray the rosary. Yeah, but it doesn't give me that, that uplifted feel. Look, just pray the rosary. Yeah, but when I pray it, I feel like I'm not giving you the, I didn't say that, just pray the rosary. Yeah, but I feel distracted. Pray the rosary anyway. People say, well, I'm distracted. I don't want to give Our Lady that kind of prayer. I don't know about you, Adam, but I'm always distracted. You know, you know whether it's a strange sound outside or a thought in my head from a responsibility, a sticky note on my desk I got to take care of, a pile of papers, a phone call. We always go through these moments, no matter what, regardless of the level of consolation that you're feeling in your life, do it if you know it's right and accomplish it by cooperating with God's grace build that discipline, get it done. That's one of the hardest things for me about this, Doug, when I think about just the, the spiritual life is the consolation might not come until we're dead. You know, we might go this whole life saying, where's the consolation in all of this prayer? Where's the consolation in frequenting the sacraments? Where's the consolation of turning away from vice and turning towards virtue? Because, you know, the vice is a, it looks to be a whole lot more fun than the virtue sometimes. Uh, but one day we're going to know the consequence of that. And God willing, we're going to experience the, the ultimate consolation, the, the beatific vision to be with our Lord in heaven. And I pray every day for the grace to just stick with it, to get to that point. Yeah. Just keep moving forward, everyone, no matter how challenging, because you're right in the end, and there is going to be an end. That's when it all matters the most. Along the way, we have those candy kisses moments of simple joys that God gives us. He does. But in the end, we're dry and empty and feeling like we're crawling through a desert. Keep moving forward. All right. Well, Doug, this has been a great week. And if you enjoyed our conversations with Doug Barry on building discipline, be sure to check out the Roadmap to Heaven podcast wherever you get your podcast. You can not only listen to these segments, but to our entire show after it airs every Monday through Friday. We have it up there on the podcast. Until next time, Doug, it's been great to be with you this week. Good to be with you, Adam. A prayer for daily neglects. Eternal Father, I offer thee the sacred heart of Jesus with all its love, all its sufferings, and all its merits. First, to expiate all the sins I have committed this day and during all my life. Second, to purify the good I have done poorly this day and during all my life. Third, to supply for the good I ought to have done and that I have neglected this day and all my life. Amen. In the devotional life of the church, there are 12 days spread throughout the course of the year in three-day increments where we are not obliged, but we have the opportunity to do some fasting. What are those days called? I'm glad you're looking at Deacon and not me.
Oh man! Uh, <laughs> what are those days called? I'll, what are, I'll, I'll give you a what clue. What are those days called? They they fall relative to four things, and the way you remember them is penti, lenti, cruci, and luci, because these days fall after Pentecost. They fa- fall after the exaltation of the Holy Cross in September. Uh-huh. They fall after the Feast of Saint Lucy in Advent, and they fall right after Ash Wednesday, usually in February. Wow. 12 days throughout the course of the year. It used to be obligatory. Now it's it's devotional, and a lot of people practice this, and it's really good for you. Wow. All right. You the, don't the, know, the, do Well, you? no, this is my, my favorite part of, of humbling myself on yeah. Roadmap to Heaven. Right? <laughs> yeah, well, Dan, Dan's not going to win a prize today, no, but the, the days Peter's are called the Ember, the <laughs> Ember Days. <laughs> Ember Days. And what's interesting is Ember Days, too, they're not three consecutive days. It's always Wednesday. And then Friday, Saturday, for for whatever reason, Thursday is not an Ember Day, but it's it's one of those wonderful things. I, I feel this overwhelming need to apologize to Gabe Jones right now, <laughs> who, who would have, who's so disappointed. <laughs> Sorry, Gabe. Yeah, I, I have to apologize to a whole bunch of people too. <laughs> Uh, we'll be we'll be seeing you after class That's to talk right. about that, and then we won't even get into rogation days today. But let's get into this. You know, one of the things that uh, Dan said earlier was that in addition to prayer and fasting, one of the really great things we can do when it's time for discernment is also service. And I love that because you know we're letting go of ourselves and saying I'm going to focus on someone other than me. I'm going to empty myself so that hopefully I can receive from God. And we were actually talking with uh, a gentleman named. Blake Bruliet. I remember that because it rhymes with Juliet, and that's the only reason I remember it. He told me that, too, um, about his ministry to the homeless that he does. And he, w- he said, you know, the first time I went to go do this, I was thinking, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them this, that, and the other thing. And I didn't give them a darn thing. They knew where to go for what they needed. I was the one who received. And Deacon, you often tell me that, you know, the gospel has a real core message for us when it comes to service and when it comes to charity. And and you keep taking me back to the woman at the well. Yeah, the woman at the well. What a story of how we should live our lives uh, being open to Christ who gives us the, the, the wellspring of water that will never dry up. So that's what he tells the woman, right? The water I have to give, the water of the Holy Spirit, you can never exhaust. So this mystery, uh, this catechesis that Jesus has on this woman who is there, you know, there's so many analogies and uh, insights about this gospel of John that's so important that it's front and center in his gospel. Uh, she she's had five husbands she's a Samaritan Jews don't talk to Samaritans much less a woman there's so much um, that we can learn from how Jesus encounters this woman we see this in our world today that the world really needs what Catholicism what Christianity has to offer and she becomes very rapidly one of the the best evangelizers. The whole town comes out to uh, see, come and see. She says, "This man who told me everything about my life." That's always been the most fascinating thing to me about yeah. about that story, is that everyone knew who she was. Yeah, and yet they all begin to follow her. The uh, I, I think that speaks to you know our the authenticity of our spiritual life. Right. And when you are your authentic spiritual self, 
Right. Um, people are attracted to that. Sure. You're just being honest. This this man amazed me, the woman said. What always gets me about that one, though, Deacon, is like the, the, the reaction of the people. Everybody here knows you know what why is this special that this man told you everything about you because we all know everything about you it's right. like you're yeah. infamous right here yeah. and yet there's something so humbling in that that you know how often do we try to hide it from god yeah you know right good luck, right. Right. Yeah, good luck with that right <laughs> i mean i i take it back to the garden of eden yeah. and it, when god says to adam where are you as if god didn't know right but he wanted adam to acknowledge yeah. this is where i am um yeah, we we we're hiding from you, God. Yeah, <laughs> we could never hide. We could never escape His love. You know, that's the that's a, a a a key component. You know, we can't escape God's scrutiny, but with that is mixed in His love. He created us. Well, this this takes me to something I'm working on. I'm going to be giving a talk in Advent for a group, a, a Legion of Mary group, and they've asked me to speak about the Magnificat. So I've started writing nice. the, this talk and, and write, really just reflecting on it. And yesterday I made myself sit down with a notepad, which this is a good practice too, and write out, not read the text, but read it and write it. Write down the Magnificat with a pen in my own writing. Dr. Ray was telling me recently that there's something that when you write it with a pen or a pencil, not yeah. type it, it puts it in your brain in a whole new way. I, and I, what's what's the central theme in this? He casts down the mighty from their thrones, and he raises up the lowly. And the Blessed Mother, who does not regard herself as anything high and lofty, she's, I, I'm the Lord's handmaid. I'm, I'm the servant. And yet he raises her up yeah. in her lowliness. And the proud, boom, you're off the throne. You know, it, it's yeah. we were talking with Doug Barry earlier about when you and I had done the Marian consecration. What are we, Dan? We're, we're worm, worm food. food. <laughs> you know, so as we discern, I, I think about you're looking for a job. I've been looking for a job before. Not right now. I'm very happy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm roadmap to heaven is so not going know, anywhere. So you know, Tony. Um, yeah. You know, Tony but, but to say, to say um, you know, it's not about, well, what would be the, the grandest thing for me and what would be the loftiest thing for me, but really – how do we do God's will? And and the more we can get with that, it, it seems, and, and Deacon, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like in my life, every time I've said, what's best for Adam Wright, I don't get anywhere. When yeah. I say, what's God's will, then amazing doors open up. Yeah. And even, even, uh, even when we're not, you know, we see our blessings, uh, or at least I see them in my life, even times when I wasn't, uh, you know, on the path toward openness to God and his plan for me, he still put bumpers. I would say like a bowling ball. You know, when you're when you're learning how to bowl, they put the things up to keep you out of the gutter. Adam still uses that, it. Yeah. <laughs> I, God put those bumpers up for me and my wife in our, in our journey toward uh, holiness. And he does that to everybody. You know, we, he, he loves and wants everyone to be oriented toward him. Because he loves us into creation, and he loves us minute by minute, day by day. So what a blessing just to be open to to that um, concept. I think this is the beauty of taking time to get apart, whether that's on a retreat or wherever it is, to think about the things that you just described. Yeah. We need to pause and ask ourselves, you know, where has God been on, yeah. the, on this road? And that is a healthy, healthy thing to do. All right. Well, I've got one more idea for us. Uh, when we come back from our final break here, we are going to stop 
to get a check of the weather for you one more time. I'm happy to report it's nice and comfy cozy where we are, but the minute we step outside, it's going to be a little chilly. Uh, but Mike Roberts is the expert on that. And then after uh, the weather, we'll have the daily dose of encouragement with you, and then we'll be back to round up the roundup. Memorare to St. Joseph. Remember, O most chaste spouse of the Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who implored your help or sought your intercession was left unaided. Full of confidence in your power, I fly unto you and beg your protection. Despise not, O foster father of the Redeemer, my humble supplication, but in your bounty hear and answer me. Amen. It is very fitting that we are concluding our week of the Daily Dose of Encouragement on Friday by concluding the prayers of the Stations of the Cross that Patty is sharing with us for those in struggling marriages. So, Patty, let's just dive right into today's prayers. Yes, these are just prayers that I wrote. So I'm just sharing with you my own heart, on, and I wrote them in the first person. So, again, if this is you, just pray with me as we walk through these Stations of the Cross. The tenth station, Jesus is stripped. For those who are struggling in their marriage, you might particularly feel this. So pray this with me. Lord, the humiliation and pain of being stripped naked must have been awful, but it was necessary. Strip away everything. Strip away everything that gets in our way of loving each other. Strip away our desire to be right. Strip away our pride, our anger, our bitterness, the lies, the distortions, the insecurities, old wounds, false perceptions, whatever it is. Strip away things and attachments, false gods and addictions. Strip away grudges. Strip it all away. The 11th station, Jesus is nailed to the cross. Did the Roman soldier even comprehend what he was doing? Did he realize how much pain he caused when he nailed your hands and feet, Lord? Or was he oblivious to your agony and just kept hammering away? How often have we been just like that Roman soldier? Help us comprehend and realize each other's pain. Let us not be oblivious any longer. Show us how we've hurt each other and give us the grace to humbly, sincerely ask for forgiveness. The 12th station. Jesus dies on the cross. Father, forgive them. They know not what they are doing. Beaten, spit upon, mocked, tortured, rejected. And yet, Lord, you remained on the cross and forgave them. You chose love and forgiveness. Help us do the same in our marriage. Let love and mercy triumph over all evil, all sin, all past wounds. Help us choose love. Give us both the courage to climb up on the cross and die to ourselves totally. The power of your passion and death on the cross is real, and it's far greater than anything on the planet. Help us to know this power, feel it, and experience it. The 13th station. Jesus is taken down from the cross. Lord, you look dead. You are dead. And yet, we know by faith that the story isn't over. And so we pray that even if our marriage looks dead, seems dead, is actually dead, 
that you will give us the eyes to see beyond all outward appearances. Give us the faith to believe in the power of the resurrection and the hope to know that our story isn't over either. The 14th station, Jesus is laid in the tomb. Now we must wait. Through the cold darkness and the unknown, we will wait in faith. Resurrection is coming. Give us patience in this time of healing. Jesus, break through with resurrection power. Make all things new in our marriage. We believe in the power of your resurrection to do all things. The victory is yours. Jesus, we trust in you. Amen. Patty, this has been a remarkably beautiful week on the Daily Dose of Encouragement. And if you would like to revisit these, pray with these again, we would remind you that the text of the Stations of the Cross Patty has shared with us can be found at ourcatholicradio.org. Just click on Programs and then the Daily Dose of Encouragement. And you can also get these daily doses wherever you get your podcast, including at ourcatholicradio.org clicking on programs and then on the Daily Dose of Encouragement. We are back. We are finishing up our first ever Roadmap Roundup on the road. That's a lot of R's there. It's like talk like a pirate day a month or two late. Um, But we, we are here and, you know, as we were just saying with the Daily Dose of Encouragement, all of our Covenant Network podcasts uh, are available out there, including Roadmap to Heaven. So if you want to go back to today's episode or another episode, uh, just go to your podcast app and search Roadmap to Heaven and we are out there. Apparently, Dan Vonderhaar stuck on September 28th for one reason. That must have been a really good episode. Uh, Hey, Patty, I'm downloading right now the Daily Dose of Encouragement (laughs) in my favorites, literally, as we speak. All right. Well, let's talk about this for a second because we're wrapping up. Um, Dan, you mentioned the importance of taking a retreat. We've talked about that today. We've talked about fasting. We've talked about service and all of this, just offering that to God, emptying of ourselves and offering to him. We would be remiss if in this month of October we did not discuss the Holy Rosary. And so I want to use the final minutes here just to offer this, um, just to, offer this to you. If you want to retreat every day for 30 minutes, not even 15, 20 minutes, pray the Rosary. If you want some time to empty yourself, Pray the rosary, especially when you don't think you have the time to do it. Some of the best rosaries, it's not always consolation. I'm going to be the first to admit that. Doug Barry and I talk about this all the time. Um, every, every rosary I pray is not full of consolation, but I'm glad for every rosary that I've prayed. And it's usually the times where I'm like, oh, I'm too busy. i got too much to do. And someone says, well, do you want to stop and pray the rosary? And I'm, I really want to say no. And then through some grace, I say yes. The rest of the day goes better. Whatever I was working on, goes, it, 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 it comes more efficiently. It's smoother. I don't know what it is about giving that time up to God. I don't know what it is about giving that time to the Blessed Mother. But without fail, when I stop and say, all right, I'm going to put Adam right on the shelf for a minute, and I'm just going to give this time to her so that we can go to her son, who's going to take us to the Father in union with the Holy Spirit, because that's really what it is. Um, the rosary, the rosary, the rosary. And that's the long and short of it. If, if you're not praying your daily rosary, this is the month to start praying your daily rosary. 
and start it today. Maybe right as soon as we finish this show, maybe 10 o'clock when we pray it on our airwaves, maybe 3 o'clock we pray it right after the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. You can join us if, if you want to pray it on your own, pray it on your own. Pray it with your family. Did you know that there's an indulgence available for praying the rosary with your family? Now you're going to have to look up, uh, we'll do a whole other show on that. You'll have to look up the terms and the conditions for that, but that's how powerful it is that the church says, look, there are special graces attached to praying the rosary as a family. There's graces attached to praying the rosary in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament in the parish church or adoration chapel. Praying it communally with, you know, maybe you go to 8 o'clock Mass and you're on your way there now. Pray the rosary after Mass with some of the other folks that are at 8 o'clock Mass. I mean, there's no shortage of ways to pray it, and there's no shortage of grace. And, and Brian, I want to go to something you said during one of our breaks earlier. Mm. Uh, it's not that we, what was it Monsignor Morris told you about mystery, that oh, we can't he, understand it? He said mystery is not something that we can't understand. It's something that we can never exhaust. Yeah. So Monsignor was one of my... Fond, uh, fond, uh, Monsignor Morris of fond memory. Yeah, well, I, I think the rosary is right there with it. We we will Amen. never exhaust the treasures that come from the mystery of the rosary. We are getting ready to wrap up here. We do want to thank Kim and the folks at the Blue Owl for hosting us, letting us get our feet wet with broadcasting on the road, our first ever live roundup from outside of the studio. And, uh, you know, here's the thing. Pray for us because we're hoping to be doing more of this as time goes on. Maybe we'll be at a parish near you someday, but only the good Lord knows. And, and yeah. we endeavor to do his will. So let's pray here. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. Our Lady Queen of the Rosary. Pray, pray for, for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons. Pray, pray for, for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thanks for being with us this morning on Roadmap to Heaven. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. I'm Dan Vonderhaar. I'm Deacon Brian Seltzer. And I'm not the only one that's going to tell you this. Our Lady of Fatima will, too. Pray your rosary today.